And welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Dog, and I'm joined by a whole raft of talented bastards today. Patch, good to see you. Oh, Dog, it is good to see you. Supercoach footy is back, baby. It's back. It's back, baby! Damo, you wonderful, beautiful human in the West, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. And the fantastic Foz Daddy who's been providing us with a plethora of preseason content. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back on the uh, vocal wavelengths, I guess. Thanks for having me. Oh, we love to have you. Uh, boys, thank you to Telebeats as well, whose music is just drifting off in the background. We are done with the team previews. We are here to talk about Supercoats action that has taken place on the weekend, and we're excited to do it. I think... Oh, boy. Well, the big news, boys, coming into this is that... Uh, and we'll start with this, demo because we've all got some hot takes here. Maxi Gorn says he's still two to three weeks away from playing real-life footy with a leg injury. He's been named captain of the club. Can we trust selecting Max Gorn, demo I think so. Um, if he plays round one, you can, uh, because we'll all want him in our teams eventually, and... If you start him and he starts slow, then I don't think it's a big issue because you'll want him by the end of the year. Here's my concern, Damo. They play the last game of round one, 6.20 Melbourne time, uh, in or 6.20 local time, maybe? 4.20 Melbourne time? I don't know how the times work. Against West Coast in WA, that's a long time for a lot of things to change from the teams being named on Thursday night. You're not wrong there. Um, I actually was posed this question today, what would I do if it happens? And I guess now we've got to start looking at, do we start someone like uh, John Segler or even someone like Luke Jackson at R3 in case that happens? It's my biggest fear. Patch, going into round one, are you relying... Let's say Gorn's named. A, do you believe him? B, are you going to lock him in knowing he's playing on the Sunday in WA? And C, what's your backup plan? Um, I will be locking Max Gorn in uh, without a backup plan. Just just firing away. Honestly, to be brutally honest with you, Max Gorn misses round one. He's still the second highest scoring supercoach ruck by 150 points at the end of the season. Even with a donut in round one, hypothetically, which I don't think will happen. Um, I, he'll he'll be fine. He'll he'll get up, and I refuse to acknowledge the possibility of anything else. At least not until we get to round one, and he's still looking shaky. Foz Daddy, blind faith, baby, blind faith. <laughs> Foz Daddy, I have no faith. Um, the set and forget ruck system it was something we've talked about for years. The Phantom covered this on his podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's only been reality for like two years, and that was Gorn and Grundy. There's every chance that he doesn't play round one and he misses bloody eight weeks during the season. There's every chance he does play every game. 
wouldn't you rather save the money like uh, like I might be doing currently and just banking on the fact that you get ahead by not having him in your team? Well, I am hoping he actually misses round one because it's going to change a lot of teams and how they structure up. There's going to be players who will start a, a very cheap Ruckman, someone discounted, whether that's someone like a Nick Nad or you know someone who's a little bit cheaper than 500k and hopefully... Um, once they make a bit of cash, upgrade to Gorn once he's fit and firing. Other people are, are just going to be thrown into a bit of mayhem and going for someone like a Todd Goldstein or a Rowan Marshall to try and hold that second or third best ruck spot for the year and probably avoid Gorn altogether because then it's just really a waste of a trade. So it becomes really interesting if Gorn misses. Um, so part of me is hoping that happens. Another part of me is just hoping that he plays and you know saves himself a trade later on but it really becomes interesting once, uh, or if he's not named. Um, one thing that could be very handy is if, by some reason, Darcy Cameron's named round one, and then you can just have Grundy and Darcy Cameron at R1 and R3 playing round one, and Gorn sitting on your pine for the for the first game, and all is well. But I, I doubt that happens. Um, for me, fingers crossed, Gorn misses. But at the same time, you know, you're hoping that he plays just because he's a gun and. He's a lock for you know 100 to 150 points each week. I hope he doesn't play. I hope it's chaos because I love chaos. Oh, you're both sadistic. Awful people. Awful, awful people. Agents of chaos, Patch. Agents of chaos. Does make it more fun, but also you're awful. Stop upending everything like this. All right, guys. Anyway, we had a we had a week of footy as well, didn't we? A, a weekend of five whole chunky games of footy. Do we want? Do we want to? Tuck into that, because I'm raring to go. Lek Dog, you're raring to go. We've all got people we want to talk about. Oh, I'm... Do we just want to dig in? I'm very excited, Patch. And I hope, like all of you, you've changed your teams completely. Um, I've changed my team completely, because that's what you do. You watch one preseason game, and you throw out all your research. Um, chuck it into the bin. My team is a completely different beast. But the first thing I want to start talking about, in terms of what happened on the weekend, is some rookies that seem to have be sort of shaking themselves out, shoring themselves up. The number one one, Damo, Matty Rowell. Uh, I've said countless times I didn't think he'd be worth picking. You know, I didn't think he could replicate Sam Walsh, but after one run against a terrible, woeful Geelong, Matty Rowell is looking like a must-select. Damo, what did you see from the great man um, this week? I've been uh, I've been a long supporter of the idea that you don't need to start with the high priced rookies to to get by, but um, this year I think it's going to be different. This year I think much like last year, you're paying a high price for players who can play in their first year and actually look comfortable at the level, and we haven't had that for a while. So these last two drafts have really made people restructure their teams in ways that you haven't really seen but before, and it's um. And I think Matt Rowell on the weekend, he really just cemented that you have to start him, whether that's at M4, 5, or 6. Or 7, in some cases, like myself. I agree, Damo. I think he's a lock. I think you lock him in. You're locking Marlion, Pickett. Uh, Finn McInnes is probably another guy we, we consider locking in there. Even Butterick, 106, 107k player for Gold Coast uh, seems like a solid selection. Do you know much about him? You asking me? Yes. Sorry, Damo. <laughs> um, if he wasn't linked to the Suns Academy, I reckon 
a bid would have come late in the first round, uh, maybe early in the second round. So they've got a player virtually for free that probably would have been better than Will Gold or, or uh, Hayden Young even. Ah, don't you love a compromised draft? Patch, talk to us about uh, young little Sparrow. Tom Sparrow from the Melbourne Football Club played two games last year. Um, He's in your side, is he now? He is in my side now after watching Melbourne um, run around on the weekend against Adelaide. Um, As as I wrote in the match report write-up, we had a a write-up for each and every game, so if you haven't got onto jockreynolds.com.au to check any of them out. Get over there and have a gander. We've got a comprehensive wrap-ups of each game. Um, but Tom Sparrow spent a lot of time in the midfield for Melbourne. He was at, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was a lot of centre bounces, um, was in and under with the foot. He didn't have a massive um, number of possessions or a, a huge amount of time on ground, but holy moly, uh, he, he had been able to, Managed to score 77 Supercoach points from with 17 touches. Eight of them were contested. Um, if he gets a gig round one, I reckon he'd be one to bring in. Obviously, uh, need to see how Brayshaw fits into that mix if he then moves out. Well, possibly out of the side, but, you know, out, out towards a forward role. We'll, we'll have to reassess, but at this stage, you'd be willing to pay the, the elevated 170 or 180k for him to just lock some of those points in. Yep, um, he, I'm interested to see how that side lines up because they've also said today that uh, Keziah Pickett is looking like he's going to make a round one debut as well, um, or a round one debut, obviously he's going to play a bit of forward time, so it'll be interesting to see how that lines up. Um, yeah, Isaac Pickett looks excellent as a footballer, but not as a super coach option for mine. No, a small no. forward will have games, he scores 30, yeah, no, don't, don't, yeah. don't bank on picking him. Yeah, no, I was more referring to that as a as a, an imp, a hindrance on Sparrow than a than as a selection that we should be looking at. Um, and while I've got you, while we're talking forward rookies, Isaac Rankin, did you see enough from him on the weekend to lock him in at you know F six seven eight? Well, I mean, he didn't play, which makes it a bit hard didn't to he? see anything. From okay, him, then but, uh... ignore that. Sorry, I'll just throw you right under that bus. It's all right. We can cut that out, Patch. The beauty of editing, mate. Well, who who is editing? Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Rankin missed on the weekend. He'll hopefully be another forward rookie. We can lock him. They said they were just sort of managing him. Um, so there there shouldn't be an issue there. He, I believe Stewie Dew said he'd play next start. For the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, so I realised that I've asked you that question. My notes were wrong. I was actually meant to say Max King, who did play on the weekend. Um, ah, yes. Um, yeah, Max King. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Damon and I sort of, well, I wasn't really looking at his stats. He did a lot of things, getting ball in hand, getting, well, hands on the ball, sort of bringing the ball to ground, getting up the ground um, for St Kilda. His stats did not reflect that. He was not overly good on the whole picking up numbers kind of game. And I tweeted out, gosh, he looks good. We should lock him in. And then Damo, you sort of picked me up and went, "Mm, you're not watching the same, well, not watching the same stat sheet. So I I still reckon we start him. Damo, are you keen to to start King or you've gone off him? I'm starting to think we might not have a choice and might have to stick him at the final forward position on the bench just 
because the amount of rookies that we're getting it doesn't sound too promising in the forward line. All right. Um, do we, uh, Foz Daddy, the great man, is there any other rookies who have sort of poked their heads out of the sand that you're considering at this stage from what we saw on the weekend at all? Well, it's not one that we saw on the weekend, but I'm really keen to see what Jared Brander has to, where he's positioned on uh, when West Coast finally play a JLT game, because there's been talk of him pushing up onto a wing, whether that's um, going to happen or not come the, you know, the actual season itself. But there's been a few players from West Coast actually say, vocalise his name and their, their support and his pre-season efforts and, and their excitement for his season um, in 2020. So hopefully we can have a look at him in the JLT at some stage and, and hopefully it's pushing up the ground because he was drafted as a forward and he's eligible as a forward defender this year. Um, but obviously it'd be a bit more of a beneficial role in Supercoach if he did play um, a bit up the ground and, and get his hand on the ball a little bit more. Did, um, did anyone watch the North Melbourne Bulldogs game on Friday night? Who's amongst us? Because, yeah, um, well, we talked about potential backups for Gorn and sort of sat in the same rookie role. Tristan Zeri, Kasseri? Cherry. Cherry um, scored 98. I didn't watch the game at all. I know he sort of played in the ruck alongside Goldstein and the Bulldogs had Jordan Sweet in the ruck, who's still very green. Is he a potential option? Is he going to play sort of the whole way through? He had, you know, nearly 80% time on ground, 98 supercoach points, 24 hitouts. Um, two goals up forward. Is he someone we can maybe look at? Um, well, to to start, regardless of if Gorn is there or not. Well, I um, I've heard that Ben Brown might not be playing for round one, and Tristan did score. Was it three, two goals, three goals? Yeah, the two the two goals. So they might use him as a as a forward, and mainly but swapping between him in the ruck and Goldstein in the ruck. So maybe you can start uh, Tristan. I'm not, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. On the bench and stick the little E on him. And if Gorn doesn't play, then you've got at least a number to put in Gorn's place. Exactly. A- Aiden Bonner in the same game had 76 as well as another sort of elevated price rookie as you spoke about before Damo is he one we need to look at selecting as a forward midfielder at that 200k mark I think so um he played limited game time as well so it'll be interesting to see how he fits when Zebel comes back but uh, I think I think with the amount of rookies that we're going to get handed to us by the looks of it that can sit in our forward line you might have to pay up a little more to get some good job security. And North Melbourne really love what Bonner is doing at the moment. Yeah, well, if you can knock out sort of 70s or 80s for us, then we're going to love what he's doing as well. Lake Dog, I'm just going to take out... You're not, you haven't got to the exciting bit, the bit that we all need, just that F3, F2, <laughs> F1 if you're nuts roll. Just Darcy McPherson, you've got two minutes which start now. Talk to me. Well... DMAC, as those who are close friends with him call him, uh, killed it on the weekend, forward mid 443k. I've restructured accordingly. I need him in my team and I need him to be at F1. It'd be disrespectful to have anyone ahead of him at F in the forward position. So 443k 
Darcy uh, McPherson is, um, I don't want to say he's the greatest footballer to have ever pulled on the boots, but having pulled up 31 disposals, um, dominated with 132 supercoach points on the weekend, I think it actually is safe to say that he's the greatest footballer of all time. And I've loved him since day one. I've always been there. And uh, I'll continue to support him. You did weirdly pluck him out of the blue, but I mean, he's easily, I mean, he's easily Gold Coast's greatest ever player. There's no one up there who'd even rival that. And there never has been. Possibly their greatest super coach prospect of all time. Would that be too far to say? Look, I don't want to be just drawing comparisons between the greatest player of all time and Gary Ablett. Um, Fosdaddy, what, what are your thoughts on McPherson and then in that same vein, Hugh Greenwood, that it's kind of similarish price in the forward line. Have you got thoughts on them having watched or seen uh, any of the results coming out of that game? I saw uh, limited time in terms of that game. I'm not 100% sold on either of them. I know McPherson's probably been, obviously he's been on the Gold Coast a little bit longer than Hughie Greenwood, but, you know, Greenwood was recruited for that in and under sort of hard-nosed midfielder position. Um, so I'm not too sure if I'm going to go with either of them or which one. I, I don't think there's room for both of them in your forward line. Um, so I might come down to who performs a bit better on um, in JLT2. Um, but obviously McPherson had a pretty excellent round one, and we'll see how he goes in the second game. But for me, I'm, I'm trying to steer clear at the moment. I prefer not to have to rely on a... Uh, on a mid-price, but the way it's panning out is probably going to have to take a risk on someone. And if McPherson performs again, I think it's probably the one to take. Oh boy, there is nothing but mid-prices up in the forward line, and that's the way we love it. Damo, you've got another one from the Port Adelaide game that you were very, very keen on keeping an eye on. Connor Rosie, 108 points in uh, in 57% game time. Hot damn. And he only... Um, Will you be picking... Will you be picking him? Not sure yet. I'm still very much on the hashtag Brayshaw Breakout train. Oh, oh boo, boo. I'm saying boo earns, but I mean still demo. Just <laughs> Also, side note, Lech, you said yep. yourself, the calculator isn't always right. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using that and sticking to Brayshaw Breakout. But the calculator is always right. Our interpretation of what the calculator wants us to set, wants us to see, is sometimes wrong. No, I'm not taking that. Um, <laughs> no. Demo, are you disparaging the beast calculator? Is that what I'm hearing here? It's a beautiful offence. Oh dear. Oh dear. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll leave Bracer off for a week. We had a big old big old go at him last week. When we see him play, we will rightfully stick it into you. But Rosie, do you, do you see that being something like see him having a midfield role? Will Robbie Gray come back and sort of pinch some of those minutes up the ground he had? Will he play deeper forward? Well, well you know, obviously we we need another game under his belt to to see. But what did you like out of his game? What what would you want to see in order to lock him into F two or F three? Well, I'd like to see him back it up. I don't need him to back it up with this with with the same amount of low time of ground, but I need him to back it up with another solid score. What impressed me was that he got the score at limited centre bounce attendances. Doesn't that worry you that he might not attend many centre bounces during the season? 
it uh, it impresses me that he was able to score the way he did without attending center bounces, which is what we want to see from people who are getting midfield time. So it's 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 it's, it's, it's kind of like a fine line between what you want to see and what you don't want to see, but impressive that he could score 108 only attending, I think it was nine center bounces. And yeah, no, you're right. It is a very, um, very promising thing to see because once, once Holly Wines comes back, you know, that number might decrease even further. The fact that he can get those points in other ways is really valuable. And especially from, from not a massive possession count either. You had the 19, 19 is a good number of possessions, especially for such a limited time on ground. But to still score the 108 from 19 touches is shows that he's he's doing good things with the ball when he's got it, going at 73% effectiveness as well. He's one I'm keeping an eye on as well. It's also worth noting from that Port Adelaide game that uh, Brad Ebert, who was in my fourth line, no longer is, wasn't playing that sort of half-forward to midfield role. He was actually playing basically out of the goal square, which is awful for Supercoach, but... If that's an indication of where he's going to play, there is a spot sort of uh, further up the ground available for one of those younger Port guys. Do we know if Robbie Gray is back for the, the next he's game? He's been pulled out of the uh, All-Star game this weekend, so no idea. Hmm, there you go. All right, Petrarca. Did anyone watch Petrarca go ballistic? He looks very, very fit. Um. Oh my god, he looks so fit. But so more fit. so, more, more so than the, than years gone by, he just he everyone calls him a bull, but he looks physically a lot better and stronger than a lot of other players on the field. It's it's very strange to see because he's just built so well, and there are a lot of midfielders who are you know a little bit smaller and a little bit more frail looking, and I'm sure they're still very big and strong. But God, he's just built like a an absolute truck, and we love it. Whether that converts to super coach points, we have no idea. It hasn't in the past, and whether it does this season, you'll never know. But um, one thing that was concerning coming out of that game is Goodwin's post-match presser saying whether how many midfield minutes he, he'll get, and he did say that it's a week-to-week um, proposition on how many mid- midfield minutes he gets. So that's one thing that comes out of that game that's a little bit concerning, but... Um, he did look very good in there when he was playing midfield. Mm. Yeah, he, you know, he and his manager kind of put his foot down last year to say, you know, he wanted more midfield minutes, and that was a big part of of him, you know, wanting to go forward with Melbourne. And he got so, you know, he played exclusively midfield, you know, resting forward for a couple of minutes here and there. Um, and I was sort of sitting there watching him going, he just looks like like a Patrick Dangerfield when Dangerfield's on those games where just the ball just ends up in his lap everything he does sort of basically turns to gold and if he shanks a kick it still somehow goes where he you know goes to a teammate bounces the right way it everything fell into place place for Petrarca and good lord it was exciting and incredible to watch but yeah Brayshaw wasn't in the side he looked really dangerous up forward which was almost a bad thing because if it's you know like a danger field where they do throw him forward here and there you know that might hamper his scoring Need to see him again, but holy moly, he looked... I, I can't overstate how impressive he looked, despite it being a pre-season game, despite him doing it every pre-season for the last three years, despite him perennially threatening to break out and then not doing it. This feels different. 
Am I nuts for making for thinking it feels different? Has it felt different every year? I've never really been on the Petrarca bandwagon, but like, am I am I nuts? You need yes. To slap, me sen- like, slap my senses back. Yeah, no, he's a trap. A hundred percent, he's a trap. There's only one forward that I'm considering from the Melbourne Football Club, and that's uh, that's Tom McDonald, who appears to be playing again in a oh role God. where he can produce some scores. Yes, he's a tall forward, but hey, he's 387k. I'd rather talk about him than Petrarca, who's... His nickname was Petrapa. Like, it's there. It's written in the in the nickname patch. Oh, but Tom... You're not going out. Like, Tom McDonald will have games where he scores 20. Like, he'll have games where he doesn't get 17 touches and kick three goals from centre-half forward. He'll have games where he gets completely blanketed when there's no one else to help him up forward. Like, I... Mm. He'll have games where he's good, but I can't see it. Why? What can you see? What? Why are you doing uh, this to yourself look, again? I haven't convinced and myself. When he stuffs up, how do you trade him out? Where do you go to from? You can't sideways McDonald to anything else. You're just stuck with that big old lump of... Do you sideways him to Tex Walker? What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> I haven't convinced myself. I've merely saying I'd rather pick him than Brayshaw. Um, the investment's less and the upside's the same. Uh the floor is different, probably. Um, um, someone, someone a bit cheaper from that game, still in the forward line. Damo, did you? What, what do you know about Aaron Vandenberg? Were you, were you impressed by him? I'm, I'm cautious. I like his price, two hundred and forty-eight k on the dot. A um, hundred points from nineteen disposals. He's looking good, but. Um, he has had injury troubles, which worries me. Yeah, they've said they'll manage him through the year, which I think they were referring to training loads, but again, it's still kind of worrying, with, especially with someone with a long history. I think it's foot injuries, but I'll be keeping a very close eye on him next week as well. Were there any other snazzy forward prospects floating around this weekend that, that we're interested Patch. in? Yeah, just... The- what about Jade, Jade Gresham, yep. anyone? Patch, um, you've mm-hmm. you've just you've glossed over someone, and um, I know you're a big fan of him. Maybe maybe not. I get confused. Um, Chad Wingard. <sighs> Attended 18 centre bounces, the third most for the game in 51% game time. Scored 56. I'm interested, and he is. Andrew Brayshaw's hashtag Brayshaw Breakouts most potent rival at the moment. And he's got a chance to wear uh, sleeves if Clarko finally gets rid of that terrible rule. Clarko will never get rid of that rule, which means that no one from Hawthorne is ever worth selecting, even when they obviously are worth selecting, like Sicily. But besides, I... Mm, Foz, don't you I, know stuff about Hawthorne? Yeah, Foz, you take this. I just can't give a non-clouded, non-biased, awful opinion. I wasn't watching that game. I didn't love what I saw, and I was surprised that he scored as many points as he did. But he scored the points. He, he did the thing. Foz, is he is he going to keep scoring the points? Is my blind hatred irrational and dumb and stupid? And why? Talk, do, say some words. Stop me saying words. Well, I think Chad Wingard is an interesting option. Um... Because as a Hawthorne fan, I have grown to love him. As a former Ryan Burton fan, I have grown to hate him because Ryan Burton was 
yeah, stabbed in the back by Chad and, and Hawthorne. Well, not really Chad. It's not Chad's fault, but he wanted to come to Hawthorne, so it is sort of his fault. Um, but, yeah, he's a model of inconsistency or, or consistent inconsistency where he's good one year and then he's bad the next, or not so much bad, but just worse, and then the next year he's back up and very yo-yoing effect uh, type player. So it does make it hard to predict what he's going to do next because there are games where he... He'll, you know, sit forward and he'll kick five goals and have a really good game. But the next week he has very little touches. But then he might go into the midfield and have a, a big role there and he might stay in the midfield for the next few weeks. And it's really hard to predict him game by game just because you don't know what the coaches are going to do. And then with Hawthorne, it becomes a little bit more difficult because at least at Port, the lineup was relatively consistent, how they structured. But then it becomes more difficult because you've got, you know, you've got Gunston, who can play up on a wing, and he's a tall, dynamic player who is probably more suited to play forward, but up forward they've already got Patton and they've got Mitchell Lewis and they've got um, Tim O'Brien who can play forward but can also play back and has proven to to us that he's a decent backman. So whether Gunston slots forward, and then also you've got Paul Polopolo who is ageing and he's becoming older and he's not as dynamic up forward. He's a bit slower and he can't put on as much defensive pressure. So then the forward line's too tall and your, for, your smalls aren't going to do enough to uh, keep the ball inside the forward 50. So then maybe Chad Wingard slots forward and stays forward more often. So you really don't know if he's going to play as many midfield minutes as it suggests. And, and it hurts even more because Clarko just doesn't tell you anything. He keeps his cards very close to his chest. So you don't know if Gunston's going to play forward or if he's going to play you know, back or if he's going to play on a wing and might take up Chad's uh, potential midfield minutes because a wingman might then go into the midfield like Isaac Smith. And then suddenly Wingard's going to be playing deep forward or as a, a crumbing option. Or, or he might, yeah, just play in the midfield and, and get plenty of minutes in there. But it's really hard to tell. And at 412k, I think just around that price, there are options who have a bit more of a consistent uh, game style where the, the coaches are going to play the players in you know, midfield role and rolling forward rather than playing pure midfield one week and then pure forward the next week and then on a wing and on a half-forward flank. And you honestly, you just don't know with Chad. So for that reason, I'm staying uh, well clear. I, he's not in my team. Um, yeah, he's just... It's it's too hard to predict um, what's going to happen with him. So for those That's reasons, right. I'm out. I was about to say, that sounds like a very long-winded way of saying no, but I'm glad the answer was eventually no, because that's what it should be. All right, guys, I want to swing into um, defence before uh, we talk well, about the well, mids. Got, before, we, before we get out of defence, uh, out of the forward line, Jade Gresham very, very quickly um, in that same Thursday night game. Gresham kind of went nuts early on um, and then sat out the second half, scored 59 points from 59% game time, 21 touches, a goal, 10 contested possessions, any interest there at 450-odd K? Interest, yes. Uh, is he in my team? No. I'd like to see what he does in game two. I'm echoing that. Right, just wanted to note him. We can swing to the back line. Take it away, Lecter. Excellent. Just wanted to do a quick run over the back line because I think... I think I think the midfield and the forward line are the important ones to talk about, but just to just to confirm some things we thought would happen, Caleb Daniel, Daniel Rich had good games. Um, the interesting ones are like Wayne Malera, the perennial breakout player that is Wayne Malera. He is, looks like he's going to break out again <laughs> based off one game. 
I'd like to get perhaps Baron on next week to go into more detail over him, but I just wanted to note him. And then Dan Houston, he's the big one. 480-odd K. He did what they said he'd do, and he played midfield, and he played pretty well. Who who watched that game? I saw bits of it. Lock him in. He was at most centre bounces. He he was very good. I watched I'm it. in a tough position with him, um, and I want Damo, I want your thoughts on this. Because he's currently in my spot. Well, he's currently not in my team. It's going to be probably him and Doherty tossing up for that final defensive position. Comes to it. Let's say Doherty comes out, scores 90 in both his games. How can I choose between the man I love and Dan Houston this year, Damo? How would Um, you advise someone in my position? I'm going to make it easy for you. Michael Voss has come out. uh, He's the midfield coach at Port Adelaide and has said that Dan Houston's role will depend on the opposition. Some weeks they might send him as a tagger. Some weeks they might send him forward depending on the opposition's defensive mix and sometimes they might just let him have a, f- a full attack on the ball. So the f- I would pick Doherty yeah. just purely on the fact that I don't think his role is going to change that much from what we all know and love. That's interesting. I hadn't read that demo, and that makes me feel justified in not having him in my team currently. Um, um, Hunter Clark also did some very nice things for St Kilda over the weekend as well. On Thursday, he scored 97 um, and looked rather good um, while doing it. Had the 22 touches, 16 of them kicks. Um, kicked a goal, very nice goal. Um, any interest there at 400k, or is that a, a wait and see? Because um, obviously they had a, a reasonably nice win, and it was all flowing pretty smoothly. It was Everything was looking up St Kilda. Foz, did you catch any of that from, from Hunter Clark, the flowing locks? Yeah, it's a, um, I, I don't know about him. I'd probably want to have another look at him. Just because I, he's always uh, the last couple of years at least I've, I've seen him as a potential super coach option, but then he's never really played super consistently. So I mean I, I didn't notice him enough to for him to really jump out at me and go I need to be selected. So I'd, I'd wait and see how he goes in the next game. Yeah, he did probably be competing for that same spot in your side as Houston and Doherty, and I don't think there was anything there to indicate he should leapfrog them in that role. Um, I also want to see so him yeah, with uh, Dylan Robertson in the team as well. Agreed. Um, one other guy I just wanted to quickly mention, which we're not going to select. This is not a suggestion to select him. Just to clarify, don't select him. Nathan Jones is available as a defender, scored 96 points, is under 400k. Just one worth noting. Very little game time, too. Yeah. But, again, no. Mm, mm, good draft selection. So, we've bloody deep into this podcast, and we failed to mention the fact that Marcus Bodtopelli scored 195 Supercoach points. Uh, not currently in my midfield. Six deep in the midfield. Haven't been able to fit him in. Might downgrade Nat 5 to him if he does it again. Is he an absolute lock? Uh, as a younger primo midfielder that still potentially has something to gain in terms of his game, or is 195 a once-off and he's going to spend times forward on occasions? Uh, Patch, do you want to start us off, you beautiful human? I don't know. It becomes sort of a, a broader question very quickly of what do you want to see from your midfield primos in the preseason? If you've done the research and you've gone, right, I want to pick... 
Clayton Oliver because of X, Y, Z. These are the things you want. And then you're like, right, what do I need to see from him in the preseason to indicate that he will do well? And if he scores 90 and ticks all the boxes you want him to, he's just clocking the legs over. Um, you know, if you sort of have two you can't split and then Bont comes out and scores 195 compared to, say, Dunkley, then do you use that? I don't know. I tend not to buy in too much two midfielders going nuts in the preseason unless it's their unless their role has changed or unless something's indicating that they might break out if you're splitting hairs over you know over a, a Bontempelli and a Fife maybe that preseason stuff comes into it I don't buy into it as much as some other people do so Bont's currently not in my team Damo is that am I mad should I be looking at 195 and saying get into my side I will make space to get you in is it how do you feel about that whole mid primo scenario in in preseason. I I I agree. Um I think that you shouldn't be looking at your midfielders score. I think you should be looking at their role because really they they'll just be playing to tick the legs over. Um what I really do like about Bontempelli is um he faces Matt DeBoer in round 3, I believe. But Matt DeBoer's never really worried him. Uh, I think the last two times it's an 84 and a 79 compared to some other midfielders who have been who have been who have struggled to tick past the 50 point mark. So I think that's a real positive in a sense that if you select him, he's not going to get completely shut down. He can go forward and kick goals as well if he's getting shut down, which is a real benefit, particularly in Super Coach. Um, and look, Fantasy Freako tweeted this out the other day. Like, tagging happens. Like, there's no point really worrying about it and trying to build your team around someone who avoids the tag for as long as possible because it just happens. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, Dylan Clark's a good tagger, but no one's using him as a reference point. Um, So, like, it just happens. Um, A couple other players that stood up in the midfield, we don't need to go through them all. All all the, the, you know, the guys we thought were going to be there, up there, were up there, but... Last week we talked about, um, I'm going blank for a second, Travis Boak, uh, who's just been added into the All-Star team for the, for the uh, or the Vic team for the Clash. I'm not sure which team he plays for. Travis Boak came out and just did his thing, another 120. Um, quietened off towards the very the end of last year, but like pod, absolute pod um, in no teams at all. And uh, I think it's still like a really valid selection. I know he's not like the sexiest pick in the world, but uh, averaged 107 last year and, and picked up where he left off. Does anyone have any thoughts on, on a Travis Boak-type player? Okay, then we can move on. Yep, yeah, he, he was perfectly cromulent. Hugh McCluggage is the other one who yeah. did the breakout yeah. thing that we wanted him to do. Uh, Neil scored really well as well, but Hugh McCluggage... Pumped out a 127, 21 touches, um, like six tackles or something like that. Like he just had a really solid outing. Uh, Foz, any any thoughts on McCluggage? Yeah, he um, he played the exact role that you expect from him, being on a wing, but he just played it better than he, he did last year. Uh, he just got more involved. He, he leaked forward and, and kicked, I think he kicked two or three goals if I remember correctly, but he just, he, he's a gun on the wing and he's, I'd probably say Andrew Gaff is the one that he sort of plays similar to. 
um, who's like a pre- another premium midfielder. But yeah, as you said, it's exactly what we wanted to see from him, where he's poised to break out and he does. And and the one thing I'm concerned about is he doesn't collect a whole lot of contested possessions. Obviously, being a wingman, it's not really their style of play. Um, and as we know, contested possessions equate to bulk super coach points. Um, so uh, his score might may fluctuate a little bit on that, but he showed on the weekend he can score pretty well without having to rely too heavily on on getting in and under and getting his hands dirty. But will he kick two or three goals every week? Probably not. And I'd say that probably equates to you know twenty twenty five super coach points there pretty easily. So I guess it comes down to whether you want to. I mean, he's he's pretty cheap. He's only five hundred and ten k. So. He, is he going to break out and consistently score 110 plus? Maybe. Um, if you want to get a, a cheap potential pot option, then definitely get him in. He's probably the top cheap or you know sub 550k player I'd look at. But um, my midfield's already stacked with 600 plus players, so I probably can't afford him as, as an M7 at the moment. I guess my issue with guys like McCluggage, and, and I did write an article on how he's a breakout and he should be a good selection. James Warfel was another one that I'm high on, and actually has slipped out of my team. He's actually been upgraded. Because um, even if they break out these two guys um, and they tick all the boxes and the beast calculator, particularly for Warple, says, yep, he's going to break out. He's, they still have to break out enough to be sort of a top 10 mid. They need to be better than a Jack McRae, Lockie Neal, Fife, uh, Josh Kelly if he stays on the park, Cripps, Dunkley, Dangerfield, Bond, Trelaw. And then you've still got... Clayton Oliver, in, who's going to push his way into that top 10 this year, you'd think, like a Luke Parker, probably going to push his way up there. And then Tim Kelly, who's the other one who I think can actually get to that top 10. Like, someone has to come out for those guys to go in, and I just don't know if Hugh McCluggage, and and for that matter, um, um, James Warple can actually do it. Uh, Patch, you watched James Warple closely on the weekend. How did he go... Do I need to jump off him? I I don't know. I kind of liked what he did, but it was one of those things where I thought I saw him doing more than what the the stats reflected, and that might have been me, you know, not watching the game as as close as I should have been it on my phone, and um, you know, not quite, you know, big enough to really notice that the ins and outs of what was going on. He was good for the first half, and then he sort of faded away. I'd, I don't know. Maybe he was just clocking the legs over. I, I'm not quite sure, but he's out of my sight at the moment as well. But again, I, I, I don't know. He, he didn't get as much midfield time as I wanted. He didn't get as much of the ball as I wanted. Still had a full game on the paddock. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a really hard one. Damo, we've spoken about this before, but you look at guys like, I'm going to say again, Tim Kelly, Stephen Ganigliog is another one who's coming back, um, James Warple, Hugh McCluggage. Can you actually justify taking a punt on a guy who's that awkward 500 to 560k price is there actually room in supercoach in 2020 to do that when all the talented guys who we know are locked in barring injury for a good season at 600k um, and there's no like standout 300k players like there was last year can you actually justify using a midfield spot on any of these guys 
I think you can justify on someone like a Tim Kelly, um, but in saying that, I think Tim Kelly's gone from a big fish in a little pond to a team where his role might be a little bit more evenly uh, evenly distributed because on the weekend against Gold Coast, you saw that Geelong's depth probably isn't that great. So I don't know if Tim Kelly is the one to gamble on, but out of those four or five names that you mentioned, I think he is the one to gamble on. Yeah, I think he's the closest to that top 10 out of that group. It still worries me. Sorry, you mentioned the the chance of, of, you know, someone would need to drop out of that list. And just sort of to finish up, because we're we're rapidly running over time and going over time as we do each and every week, partaking in our proud tradition. Um, Lots of people were jumping off Patrick Dangerfield following that Gold Coast I don't even... Do you call it a game? It was no. a training drill for Geelong, yeah. by and large. People are, are jumping off. I, I threw a thing up in the comments um, after um, Clarkie did his magnificent debut on that match report, saying, you know, a lot of people are jumping off. He only scored 60-odd, didn't have a huge amount of time on ground, played significant minutes up forward. You know, why are people jumping off? And people are saying, sort of, he looks old, he looks a bit slower, he looks, you know, like he'll drop off this year. Geelong might drop off this year. I I don't see it. I, I, I is are any of you potentially jumping off Dangerfield or have you all you all got him? I personally don't have him in my team. Um I've opted to after reading a fantastic article on jockreynolds.com.au that talked about how age can um about peak ages of midfielders and rah, 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 and it, it just tends to favor the 25 to 28 year olds over the 30 year olds. Um, so I've just gone for a slight youth look instead of having Paddy Dangerfield in my team, but I still think he's going to be a top 10 midfielder and I think he'll end up in my team. I'm just, to start the year, I'm going with like a Clayton Oliver, Adam Trelaw, Paddy Cripps, Lockie Neal, Jack McRae, rather than um, squeezing in Paddy Dangerfield. Um, do any of you guys not have Dangerfield, Damo and or Foz Daddy? I've never had Dangerfield in my team, ever. Ever, ever as in only this year. I had, I had him last year. It was F one last year for, for like for, to, for the for, for the entire time. Demo. But this year he has not touched my team. Yeah, I haven't that, considered that, him once either. So he hasn't come into my side. He hasn't gone out of my side. He's just never been there. So I just once again favour the youth, but. Once I read that article from Clarky, I then confirmed my beliefs and decided, yeah, I won't. I probably won't look at him unless he, you know, comes out and averages 120 to start the year, and he might be one of the first upgrades. But at this stage, no. Yeah, I think the only player who I see coming out of that top 10 midfielders at this stage, he's still going to be in there. Um, is uh, is Lockie Whitfield would be the one I think falls out and uh by the way i'll just correct you there foz daddy was captain risky from the comments who published that fantastical oh, improving versus proven article oh, sorry shout out captain risky no, all good all Not good you, we love you and we love the community i think we might i think we might wrap it up there i think that's a lot of talking a lot to digest and holy moly will there be plenty more um this week you know 
coming up and you know keep your eyes peeled to jockreynolds.com.au we've mentioned it a few times throughout this podcast but there is just analysis coming out of the year holes we're having to schedule things and figure out who can post stuff when because there's just so much good stuff going up we will have match reports from each of the games over the weekend will will we have an all-stars game a charity bushfire game probably not maybe i don't know will there be stats for it even it's a good question don't know i'll be there don't know we uh, we will have you know all of the match reports going up keep your eyes peeled if you can't get your eyes on those games lek dog you beautiful soul thank you for hanging out with us on this podcast this evening no worries patch you can all follow me at lekdog sc on twitter and keep an eye out for uh the power rankings for this week uh, we posted i posted on twitter the Ooh. first power rankings piece it wasn't an article it's just images but we'll turn that into a piece and we'll get that up uh, on the website Damo, you uh, you beautiful mind you thank you for coming on and dispensing your wisdom even if it's been littered with mentions of chad wingard and andrew brayshaw we'll forgive you for that Oh, it's been all right. People can follow me at DamoSC on Twitter if they want to hear me dribble about Brayshaw Breakout some more. It, it, it's not going to get trending no matter how much you try. I don't think it'll get trending. Daddy, thank you, you wonderful, wonderful human. Um, pleasure having you on. We need to have you on more often. I'm available whenever you want me, except for on most days, so... As long as our, as long as the stars align, I'm uh, I'm here for you, Patch. Well, you are a star, and we love having you. I've been Patch. You can follow me at Patch to the Max on the old Twitter machine. Um, keep your eyes peeled on the website, on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, all of the good stuff. And we will let Telebeats take us out. See you later, community. Mm-hmm.